Welcome back. On today's episode of Deeper Life, Pastor Stephen shares on how Jesus' words are spirit. Listen and be blessed. Savior of the world, we worship you. Father, I pray tonight, God, that you would reach out and touch us, the depths of our being. What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you visit him. Said David in Psalms 8 and verse 4. What a wonderful God you are that you visit us. You talk to us. You reveal yourself to us. Thank you for life that flows in us. Thank you for, Lord, what you speak into our lives that changes us. That changes us. Words of God that changes us. Words in the Word that changes us. What you speak into our lives changes us. Tonight, Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reminded of a scripture tonight. The last days I've been reading John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17. And uh, amazing portion of scripture where Jesus, he explains um, who the Father is, who he is, and who the Holy Spirit is. And... Um, and how important it is for understand what season we are living in and how to keep ourselves in the truth. Um, there are so many new doctrines and so many things that are invading the church. One of the things the Lord has been speaking to me a lot is from Second Timothy chapter 3 where um, Paul warns Timothy and he says, perilous times will come in the last days. And then he talks about how people will be, lovers of themselves, boasters, proud, headstrong, haughty, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, disobedient to parents. And then he says something about the church in the last days. He'll say that he said to Timothy, there will be a form of godliness, denying the power therein, a form of godliness 
denying the power therein. For a long time, I thought that, okay, it's talking about a church that has walked away from God, a church that has got itself mixed with the world, a church that has become friendly to the world, a church that has allowed the world and the spirit of the world to creep in. But one of the things I've been learning as I sit in his presence is I begin to hear the Lord say to me, you will come to a church where there will be tremendous worship. There will be great preaching. There will be, it'll be a wonderful church. It'll be an atmosphere of godliness. It looks so godly, but there will be no power therein. The greatest deception of the end time church is to put a pretense over everything, even a pretense on the anointing, even a pretense on being Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, worship, doing things that are looking so spiritual. But if we lose the power, if God is not moving in the midst of us, is God's power is not evident. If the spirit of God is not moving in the midst of us, we have lost everything. We have lost everything. We have lost everything. What are things that will keep this precious outpouring of God, the move of God in the midst of us? Jesus, when he said in John chapter 14, he said in verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. You know, he said, I'll pray to the father that he will send you another comforter. Who is this comforter? Jesus calls him a spirit of truth. What will keep us in the truth is the manifestation of God in me, upon me, around me. In John 16 and verse 13, speaking about the Holy Spirit, Jesus said something very powerful. He said, However, when he, the spirit of truth, again, God, the Holy Spirit is addressed by Jesus as the spirit of truth. Without him, we cannot walk in the truth. And he says, when he has come, he will guide you into all truth. What does the Holy Spirit do? He guides us. One of the works of the Spirit of God is to guide you and me. We need to allow Him to guide us. We need to allow Him to have control over our decisions, our plans, our purposes. We need to allow him to speak into us. We need to allow him 
to question us. We need to allow God, the Holy Spirit, to come into every decision of our lives. Only then can he be a guide. Why is it so important? Because only when he guides me can I walk in the truth. Only when I am guided by the Spirit of God can I know the truth. Today, know there are so many things around us that is bombarding our lives. There's so many things that influence us. There's so many things that tries to shape our life, that tries to move us in directions in our life, which we think are right. But the one direction that will take us to eternity is where the Spirit of God would lead us. Where the Spirit of God would lead us. That is why it's very important that we hear him. It's very important that we hear him. The story is about a, um, about a young man, you know, um, who went to an interview um, where they used this, um, um, I forget the name, what do you call that? Um, the, the old way of um, where they will tap an instrument and uh, Morse code. Morse code. He went for an interview, a Morse code interview. So he went to this place and um, uh, there were many sitting there uh, waiting for the interview and uh, uh, the many had come to get the job and then they were all sitting together uh, in the waiting room and uh, waiting for the interview and uh, uh, so they were just talking to each other and saying, you know, just uh, what have you done and what have I done and where I have studied and uh, how much experience I have. And they were all, uh, you know, professionals of Morse code and, you know, they were wanting, all of them wanting to apply for this job. And while they were applying, uh, while they were all sitting together, the speakers was making a lot of noise, uh, you know, in that room. And, uh, of course, you know, people were talking to one another and uh, waiting until uh, they would be called for the interview. Now, suddenly there was one man who got up in the midst of all these people talking to one another, and he just walked and opened a door and went into the door. And then the others were wondering why, I mean, you know, where did he go and what was this door and what, what did he go into? A few minutes later, he came out of the door and he said, I've got the job. And um, the person who interviewed him came outside and he said, I'm sorry, uh, we have already given the job to him. And then the others asked, but we were all here. Uh, we all came on time. We were sitting and waiting. And, uh, but no one came and called us for the interview. And then the man said, but the noise that you are hearing on the speakers was a Morse code. And the more, in the Morse code, I sent a message that said, the one who hears my call to the interview, the first one who hears it can come into the room and I am ready to interview you. And this is the young man 
in the midst of all the conversations of people, he was listening to what this sound on the speakers, this noise was, this rattling noise on the speakers was. And because he was smart, he picked up the Morse code and he got his job. Sometimes church were so caught up with so many things that we're not even hearing what God the Holy Spirit would speak to us. Sometimes God is speaking into our lives. Sometimes God is telling us exactly what to do. Sometimes God is yearning to draw us to a place where he can lead us. But we are so caught up with so many things in our own way, in our own style, in our own world, in our own dimension, that we cannot hear what God is speaking. If you remember Acts chapter 7, and in verse 51, Stephen, here were a people who were gnashing their teeth because they could not just handle Stephen's preaching. And if you remember, Stephen responded to them. In verse 51, he says, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and years, why do you resist the Holy Spirit? You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and years. One of the things that will make us resist what God the Holy Spirit wants to do in us is number one, stiff neck. Stiff neck. Sometimes we are in a place where we're saying, I have enough experience, I've been in the ministry, I know this, I know that, I know this, I know that sometimes all the knowing and the experience that we have has made our necks harder, stronger, that we're not able to bow before the Almighty God. We're not able to be broken before the Almighty God. We're not in a place where we want God to come in his own way, speak in his own way, lead us in his own way. The second thing Stephen says is, uncircumcised in your heart and ears. If the foreskin of our heart and our ears are not torn away, we cannot hear God. The greatest revivals is because of the stirring of God's spirit in the hearts of people. Recently, we were talking about how in the early revivals, people, when God called them, one of the first things that did before they went into missions was they went and made for themselves a coffin. They carried their coffin to the place that God had called them to go as a missionary. That was the way they forsook everything and followed him. That's how they forsook everything. That's how they gave up everything to follow after the call of God. They made a coffin, they carried their coffin, and they sailed, never to come back. 
never to come back. What a fancy world we live in today where we go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with God. What kind of a commitment do we have? Uncircumcised in heart and ears. If our ears are not circumcised, if our ears are not touched by God, if we don't come to that place where our ears can hear God, Samuel, he thought it was Eli, like many of us do, until Eli said to him, Next time you hear this voice, say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. One of the dangers of the New Testament church is that we want God to do new things. We want the new wine. You want a, we want a fresh anointing. But our life is old. We still want the same things. We want to still hold on to things in our life. We still want to carry on with our own lifestyle. But we want the great anointing of God. It'll never work. In Matthew chapter 9, 16 and 17, Jesus said, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch pulls away from the garment and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins break, the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. I was just reading the other day that many times wineskins break when new wineskins come because they become hard and they become brittle. Hard and brittle. If our lives become hard and brittle, if we are so influenced by things of the world around us, then when the Holy Ghost comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, then everything will begin to change. You know, we'll break. Things will break. Everything will break. Sometimes, you know, God does so many things for us, but we are not able to hold it because we have become hard and brittle. But I began to read the other day. They say, if you want an old wineskin, to be able to handle new wine, then you need to take that old wineskin and soak it in olive oil. Soak it in oil for weeks until the wineskin becomes soft. Until the wineskin is renewed to its old Texture, just like leather, 
Sometimes leather becomes brittle. Some forms of leather. And you need to apply some cream to it. So that it regains its own old texture. My friend, we are the ones that spill the precious, glorious presence of the Holy Spirit. We are the ones. We are the ones. And how can I hold on to the glories of God? How can I hold on to the precious words of God? How can I hold on to the prophetic words over my life? How can I keep God's word from spilling out of my life? How can I keep God's promises spilling out of my life? How can I keep the prophetic word spoken over my life from being spilling, spilt out of my life? How can I have this glorious anointing from being run away, run down from my life? It's when I, as an old wineskin, would come to God and say, God, I lay my life down. I just give myself to you. Fill me with your precious anointing. And allow the oil of the Holy Spirit to be upon me. Come into a season of fasting. Come into a season of prayer. Come into a season of sitting with him. Come into a season where he becomes everything to me. Until, until he becomes everything. Until every hardness is broken. Until a stiff neck becomes a neck that will bow before God until the foreskin of my heart, foreskin over my ears are torn away by the power of the Holy Spirit. Then I am ready. Then I am ready for the next wave of God's revival. Tonight, God is looking for a church that will bow down before God. A church that will be willing to say, God, I humble myself. Pray. Seek your face. Turn from my wicked ways. If I would say to God, Lord, I humble myself. I've come to pray. Seek you. I'm willing to turn from every evil way in my life from everything that is not of you in my life. Everything, everything. Then the Bible says, God will forgive. God will heal the land. Your temple, your body will never be the same again. Your family will never be the same again. Your home will never be the same again. Your workplace will never be the same again. Your ministry will never be the same again. Your church, never the same again. Never the same again. Your future, never be the same again. Tonight, my dear brother and sister, would you tell the Lord, God, I lay my life before you. I want to come into a season. I want to challenge you, church, as I challenge myself, that we would come into seasons where we will yield our life to the Lord. Surrender to God until this old wineskin that I have is ready for the new wine. 
ready for the new wine. Would you tell him tonight, God, prepare me. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary pure and holy tried and true with thanksgiving I'll be a sanctuary for you. It's what I want, God. It's what I want. I want my life to be a sanctuary of the Most High God. I want my life to be a sanctuary. Sanctuary. I don't want the form of godliness, God. I want the power therein. I want the real thing. I want to know the real healing power of Jesus. I want to know the real power of the cross. The real power of the anointing. The real power of walking in the narrow way. The real power walking under the precious, glorious, magnificent anointing of the Holy Spirit. I want the real voice of God. Not an imagination. Not something that looks like the voice of God. Seems like the voice of God. Deep in my soul, in my spirit. I want to hear you. Hear you. Jesus, we remember your word in John 6, 63. You said it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit and life, you said. That's what we want, Lord. We don't want vain imaginations. Every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, we pull it down. Lord, every human understanding and mixture into the things of the spiritual, we pull it out and God, revelation will come. The ministry of the Spirit will be there. We will be men and women that will walk after the heart of God. Give us your heart, Lord. Give us your heart. Give us your heart. We don't want to resist you, God. These are days that we don't want to resist you. We want to fall at your feet. Bow before your throne. Be men and women that will know you in a personal way. Love you, Jesus. Worship you. Speak a blessing over each one tonight. I pray that God the mighty river of the Holy Spirit will flow over everyone. Jesus will be lifted up over everyone. Father, I pray the Father's glory will be revealed over your children. Thank you for peace in our hearts. Thank you for, Lord, joy in our hearts. Pray your blessing over everyone bowed in your presence tonight. Continue to lead us and guide us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, glorious week and looking forward to seeing you again next week. Amen. This broadcast is from Transforming Nations for Jesus. If you would like to get in touch with us, please write to us at transformingnationsforjesus at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us. Be blessed.